As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Yo, welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic Podcast Network, and hopefully you're watching us on the Athletic YouTube channel. Uh, time to recap games here. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel. With me is La Murray, our ace who covers the Los Angeles Clippers on the theamazingathletic.com. La, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm 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 cracking up because I just saw the promo video that leads into for the, the first broadcast. time <laughs> for the yes. first time, and I'm just I'm just dying. Days like I'm gonna smile. Yeah, make me laugh. Oh, I mean, I'm smiling now, so that made yeah. Got you, and the video got you to laugh. Well, you <laughs> you are you can no longer claim that the video got you to laugh. But you know what? Yeah. You know who's not laughing? The Boston Celtics. They dropped a rough one. Series tied 2-2, Game 5, and they pretty much put up a stinker against the Sixers in Boston. 115-103. Believe me, the game was not that close not down the close. stretch. It, it, it became a, a the uh, bench units for both teams kind of make a little bit of a run there to make it somewhat interesting. And, I mean, this is just one of those games for the Celtics where I look at it, and their offense is just awful. And it... it, it their offense is the same offense they always run, except it only looks good when they make threes. And in this game tonight, they did not make threes. 12 to 38 from three. This game was just brutal. What were some of your takeaways? I like, look, if the, the volume is, is is there from three. I think the focus, because I've been watching a lot of these teams, and when you have a low percentage from three, the volume is still there. It takes away from the other parts of the floor where you can impact uh, the game. And... I remember when this series started and Joel wasn't healthy, like the ball was going into into the paint. Like, I guess that was just game one. But even in game two, they tested Joel. They wanted to see if he could still move and protect the rim. And as the series has gone on, Boston's gotten away from any real stylistic diversity with their offense. So 12 threes is cool if you making them at a respectable percentage. But now that they're missing those jump shots, it puts pressure on the fact that they're not getting to the paint or they're not converting in the paint 
at a high enough rate right now. Um, and that's that I look at that and I'll look at the Sixers. You know, the Sixers and Celtics, they had the same number of baskets in the paint. They had the same number of threes made. The Celtics actually made more free throws than the Sixers tonight. So the difference is the Sixers have guys in that mid-range who are comfortable, namely Joel Embiid, the MVP. He made five non-paint twos tonight. And then you look at Boston, because they are pretty much three or bust right now offensively, that hurts when Al Horford goes 0 for 7. That hurts when the center matchup is literally Joel Embiid 33, Al Horford 0. Okay. Yeah, the that's a big backup number. center of this. Yeah, the backup center of the Celtics is Robert Williams. You know, he only he he only uh, scored four points. That's a that, that's a massive differential, and there's no way there's no way to make up for that right now. Yeah, and I think the the thing you said was there's no excuse me diversification of the Celtics offense. No, it wasn't just tonight. That's been them this whole season and really even last year to a degree. And that was one of the things I was screaming at at the TV. I'm a, I am yell at the TV when I'm watching games and just attack the paint. They were just chucking up threes. These were threes that weren't good threes for the most part. A lot of them just a ball staying along the perimeter, never really kind of creating anything. No pressure on the defense. The good threes are the ones where you get dribble penetration, you force the defense to rotate, and you kick it out to open looks. They had some of those. Some of those they missed, and they missed some wide open ones. But for the most part, I just felt like their offense was incredibly bad. But give credit to the Sixers, and let's start with Joel Embiid. He was a force tonight. 33 points, 11 free throw attempts, 10-11 from the line, 7 rebounds. And four block shots. Part of the reason why they didn't want to attack the paints was four block shots. Yeah. And I think that's part of the, the issue with that is I still think you need to keep trying to challenge Embiid, try to draw fouls, put him in foul trouble, make it so they got to play Paul Reed more. And it was an impressive performance from the Sixers. And I think a huge, I mean, this is a massive win for them to finally break through and get to the second, excuse me, to get to the conference finals, being a game away from that. Huge moment for them. I've seen. Well, well, let's. I was about to say, man, let's let's slow it down. We I've seen, uh, and you've seen the Sixers be in this spot before. We've seen Doc as a head coach being this spot before, and it's no shade. You know, uh, guys are playing better now and in a better position now than they've been in years past. Um, like James Harden got off the Schneid after being really rough in games two and three. Tyrese Maxey tonight in game five, he got off. Like, I, I don't, that's the thing. If you're the Celtics, you had an advantage in this series where guys were not playing well and you could talk about past demons. And now you you, you just pretty much uh, invalidated all of that because of how well Tyrese played, because of how well James played in the game before. And then James didn't feel like he had to play hero ball at all in game five. James had the fewest shot attempts in a not in a game where he didn't finish the game with an injury since he left the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. That is huge. Uh the fact that he played as in control and as efficiently, 17 points on eight shots for James Harden, that's incredible. And Tobias had a very efficient night. 16 points, a ton of activity. Now Tobias was fouling, and that's a big problem with the Sixers. Like the Celtics were put on the line 34 times in this game. But the fact that the Sixers were that aggressive I think it speaks to why Boston was uncomfortable. They put hands on those dudes. The Sixers are bringing a fight to these games. 
And that's something that if you can do that on the road, <laughs> what you think going right. to happen in game six? That's why you feel like the Sixers, that's why you feel like the Celtics are in trouble, more trouble than perhaps last year when they lost game five to go down 3-2 against the Milwaukee Bucks. It's also why you feel like, look, praise Doc Rivers because Doc is pushing the right buttons. This dude, Doc, is sending James Hardy gospel songs, Mo. Okay. Yeah, I mean, hey, like, d- d- whatever, he whatever it. it takes to make happen, whatever right. it takes to work, man. Daniel House Jr. That's a that's a button push that, right there. That was a huge, huge okay. call up right there. <laughs> Pulling him out of nowhere, where it's like for a minute, where I'm sure people were like, "Oh, they have him." Like that's how long it's kind of how been. How many X rockets like, y'all got? No, it's. I mean, listen, it's Houston East. <laughs> Let's not make the mistake at all about that. But he yeah. came in and gave them good minutes, five of seven from the field. Gave them ten points, five rebounds. Like that's awesome for a dude that's playing just fifteen minutes right there, and really right. a guy that hasn't played that much or had consistent minutes throughout the season, and especially in the playoffs. Like I think just overall right. for the Sixers, you got to feel confident here, and for the Celtics. You're struggling here, and you got to be looking for answers, and it's going to be a massive, massive game for them when we get to Game 6 on Thursday. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. But another team that's struggling and looking for answers right now is the Phoenix Suns. And, Law, this was interesting. This was a three-point game at halftime. And then in the third period, the Nuggets just went completely ballistic. Dropped 39 points in that quarter. Jokic was 17 of them. I'm stalling a little bit as I'm pulling up the stats, yes. Uh, 17 points on eight shots just for your... This is just in the third quarter. As a team, they shot 70% from the field. Like, that was the ball game. Okay, so here's what was interesting about that. You bring up... It was a three-point game at halftime, right? And Denver was up. And if you're looking at that game, you're thinking, oh, man, Phoenix, they definitely got another run in them because Denver was up 15 and Phoenix erased that lead. Like, the way the game started looked like altitude to me because both teams are running up and down like it's the 80s okay Denver had 17 fast break points I don't know if people are familiar with the numbers in basketball fast break points if if you score like 15 in a game that you're doing pretty good 17 and a quarter is incredible okay for any team um the fact that Denver had that many in the first quarter it was like wow that's Phoenix is not adjusting well but then they did adjust but Phoenix should have ran through the tape. And I was like, the fact that Phoenix was down at all at halftime with the way that Denver shot the ball, especially inside the three-point line, because MPJ, he went off in the first quarter. That was a part of the first quarter, how this game started. Um, MPJ didn't get those shots in the second quarter. That allowed Phoenix to get back into this game. But I thought the fact that Phoenix was not leading at halftime was a bad sign. I looked at the fact that Denver missed 14 out of 23 in the paint. The fact that 
Denver was mid-range heavy. They got mid-range heavy. Denver's a terrible mid-range team. Uh, they should not. That's a team that should not be heavy in the mid-range, right? And and yet Phoenix was down. I thought that the regression was going to hurt Phoenix, and that's the regression is what you got in the third quarter. You got Jokic going from missing seven of eleven in the first half to what you said, like making seven out of eight, right? You had a Denver team that was struggling in paint, and then they scored 22 in the paint in the third quarter alone. If like that turned a close game into a lapper, like Moselle here telling me, hey man, we got this is jump on and talk about this. There's nothing I mean, really it, to break it, down here. It, it was a blowout. It wasn't even close. I think just after the you could kind of just see it in that sense. Look, Devin Burke, Devin Booker has come down to earth a little bit finally. Eight and nineteen <laughs> from the field. He's not shooting the thousand percent that he was shooting throughout the entire series and through the whole playoffs. KD finished with 26 points, but 10 of 24 from the field. Again, he struggled from three, 0 for three in that regard. And just as a team, they really struggled just shooting the deep ball. Take Booker's four for seven out from three, and this team was five of 20 from the three point line. They, and that's the team they've been. I mean, uh, that's exactly this, the team they are. Postseason. And they that's just the don't have the bodies. They just don't. Have, listen, the fact that Cameron Payne has to start, the fact that we're pulling guys like Terrence Ross, uh, uh, Landry Shamit, Isaiah Wainwright getting garbage minutes. So, you know, like the the stuff that you're getting, the guys you're reaching to down the bench, there's not a lot of hope there for Phoenix at this point. If the, if Booker and KD are not going to be combining for like 80 plus points, you really don't have much of a chance against this Nuggets team that defends well, runs really good stuff offensively, and then they have, you know, one of the best players we have in the NBA right now in Jokic who just can dominate at any point. I was blown away again by that third quarter because it really looked like the Nuggets were pissed. They were only up three. You were talking about Phoenix should have been up at halftime. I felt like the Nuggets were so pissed off that they were only up three that the way they came out at the start of the third quarter, I can just tell Michael Malone, who had lost his voice in the course of this game, must have just went completely (laughs) ballistic at halftime because those guys came out with running action so incredibly hard, and that's what broke the game open. And and you did you notice Jamal Murray's level of com- competitiveness? Uh, you know, Jamal looked like he turned his ankle in the first half. Uh, I didn't like that. I was like that, you know, um, uh, any anybody like him coming off of ACL, you know, I get a little squeamish when they have uh, any kind of nick. The slightest, in the body. the slightest thing. Right. Right. And Jamal missed five out of six in the first half. The only make he had was a very loud dunk in that first quarter on the fast break. And but the way he got in the Landry Shamit's face, the way he pressed him full court, the way he was being demonstrative. And then when he got that in one, Jamal was so confident he donated a tech to the Suns and the Suns. Of course, they didn't take advantage of it. Um, a missed free throw. And. Yeah, they turned up. They turned up. Like the the door was open for the Suns to take advantage of how poorly Denver played in that second quarter. I mean, Michael Malone was up playing defense when Kevin Durant had the ball, you <laughs> on know, the sideline, right? And they wind up scoring the the Suns wind up scoring on that possession. And I could I could see Michael Malone when Michael Malone is shaking his head, calling timeout, walking onto the court. You know that verbal assault is coming at, in the locker room. You know, yeah, and that's great. And there's going to be carryover because, to your point, the Suns, they really, 
Monty, I wish he managed this game better. You should not be losing a game, again, 16 points, but the league was as large as 24 in the fourth quarter. You should not have Devin Booker on the floor 40 and a half minutes. Kevin Durant, nearly oh, 42. Those guys should have never came in in the fourth quarter. This game was over at the end of the third quarter. They, they honestly should have punted there, let those guys rest, because, again, Big elimination game. Thursday, elimination day Thursday. We're going to have possibility yeah. of, of the Phoenix Suns going home and the Boston Celtics, or we're going to get blessed with game sevens that are going to be over the weekend. So uh, we're going to cut it here, though, because we got we got to get ready for tomorrow's games. Going to be exciting night there with also elimination possibilities for the Warriors and the Knicks. Uh, thank you for checking out the Athletic Daily Ding, the Athletic Podcast Network. Make sure you check out all our good work there. Go read Law stuff on theathletic.com. You can't go wrong there. Thanks for watching us on the Athletic YouTube channel. Law, take us away. Ding, ding. <laughs>